Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Kanks Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at KanksCast, like on Facebook, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Stockton and Tracy. Uh, Ryan and I are coming off of a, a one-week hiatus. Uh, no episode dropped last week, but the week before that, we had a really fun conversation about the NBA playoffs, um, some fun nostalgic childhood memories uh, in our sports fandom, and talked about rivalries. It was a fun episode. If you want to check that episode or any other Kings Cast episodes out, you can always find those streaming. Wherever you find your podcasts, bringing in my co-host today, as always, Ryan was good. How'd that sound? Dang, dude, that's two episodes in a row I failed. But um, today, drink of choice. Okay, so today is my very first Father's Day, and I am out of beer. Um, so I am drinking a high noon sun sips, the vodka soda. So uh, I actually like these. They're cool. 100 calories. I mean, whatever. They're they're okay, but anyways, uh, yeah, dude. Hey, playoffs tonight, man. Playoffs like all week, dude. I've been watching so much playoff basketball. Haven't missed a game um, from any series, um, so it's it's been really fun, dude. Playoff basketball. It's I've said this before, but playoff basketball is so good because it's every night. You know, it's like there's every single night until you pretty much get into like the semis, like what we're in right now. Um, we're not the semis, but like the conference finals. Uh, you know, like football, dude, you got to wait till Saturday and Sunday. It's like such a long, you know, just weighted, long, drawn out thing. But uh, NBA, NBA playoffs, man, I, you know, there's really nothing like it, man. But I'm excited to be here, dude. Let's get to it. Probably the bulk of our conversations, probably I'm thinking tonight's going to be around a couple of game sevens that we've been watching. Um, but I'll start off by saying this. Probably the, the, the deadest time ever in Kingsland right now, like that I can remember. It's so dead. It's so it's so like dead. I can't. I mean, honestly, I'm seeing no good content, no good conversations. Um, the best content out there right now, Ryan, is probably our boy KC out there in Kingsland, holding it mm-hmm. down, killing it, doing his research, a lot of good talking conversations. Maybe we'll bring some of those up. I'm actually looking forward to getting KC on the, again the next couple weeks. I talked to him. It's been hard to link up the last. Uh, everything's picking up, man. Everything's opening back up, so people are busy, but. We'll get Casey on. Maybe he can come up with that content. But, uh, yeah, so I want to start it off really on the game I just watched. So we're recording Sunday evening. Watch that Hawks-Sixers game. Um, man, that that series didn't really excite me much. It was – it was if you, if you look at the quality of play, 
I, I, just between the two game sevens, because we'll talk about the Nets and the Nets and uh, Bucks game yesterday. If you just look at the quality of talent on the court and the quality of the games, it's, it's crazy the difference. Even going to the Western Conference, I feel like this year is just kind of a weird year. You know, some of these teams have gotten in and. But particularly the game tonight, uh, the Sixers got some real issues. I think that's going to be – there's a couple of storylines that are going to come out of the playoffs, and I really do think that the Sixers storyline is going to be probably one of the biggest in the NBA because they, I think they're, they're at a, they've reached that point. You know, They've tried a couple times. They fired their coach. Guys have gotten time. They have a team around people. Man, that series was crazy. I, I, I'm not crazy, but the the just outcome and, and everything, you know, I – well, you know, it's all right. Let's just call it what it is, dude. Ben Simmons is getting fucking traded. You know, that that team, you know, when you talk about a team, you know, reaching its potential, that team has reached its that they are they're maxed out. You know, they are completely maxed out. They went and, you know, they they went in, in the last few years and they've gotten Tobias Harris. They went and got Seth Curry this year. Um you know, Ben Simmons is just not an offensive threat. You know, that team's complete lack of just like uh, somebody creating their own shot is ridiculous, dude. They are horrid. You know, um, Tobias Harris, you know, he's not a number two score on a team. Uh, you know, he's a three or four option. Good player, you know, 24 points, I think 14 rebounds a night, but obviously didn't get to a W. Um, their lack of a, of a true, legit number two score, which you need in the playoffs, Right. Like, you you know, you have all these all these really good teams have two players, you know, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Paul George and, um, you know, Kawhi. And obviously they're injured right now, but uh, Chris Middleton and Giannis. And then you have Philadelphia and Atlanta and both teams have a complete lack of number two score. Um, you know, the Hawks are just depth and there's somebody different every single night. Like it was Kevin Herter tonight, um, you know, Philadelphia was Seth. Curry a couple times. It was Tobias Harris tonight. Um, you know, so but it's the complete lack of just number two scoring. But like, you know, it, it's interesting that you brought up the the difference in talent over the last two game sevens. Um, that's it, it's so true, dude. Like that that Milwaukee and Brooklyn series, dude. That was a battle. Like, that was like that an was NBA. Just, that was like an NBA final. That was a straight. You, and, and I, I want to talk about something here in a little bit. I don't want to get to it yet, but I want to talk about Durant. So remind me to, to remind me to rant on that a little bit. But um, dude, you talk about an absolute battle of just juggernauts going at it. You got two MVPs and James Harden and Kevin Durant going at it against Giannis and you know Chris Middleton and Giannis, dude, just uh, you know kind of reinvented himself in the middle of that series and stopped shooting so much threes and really just went to work and started attacking. So that was fun, but you know the winner, you know obviously I'm going to take I'm going to take Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee's going to sweep Atlanta. Um, (laughs) I don't think it's going to be fucking close, dude. (laughs) Drew Holiday, I think, is going to make life very tough for Trey Young. Um, Who the hell is going to guard Giannis on that team? And then on top of it, who's going to guard a six seven six eight Chris Middleton? Who's the legit? Not not Danilo uh, Gallinari. You know, not Danilo Gallinari, dude. Kevin Herter, no. You know, so it's there. There's I. Th- I think Atlanta's going to struggle. That uh, that Bucks series. You know, it reminded me that series. I think over like the last twenty years, we you know we've been big fans. We grew up. We grew up especially in that two thousands era. Some of the battles. Uh, 
Kind of reminded that that reminded me of like the there was a really that really good series with the with the Lakers and the Spurs, you know, the back in the day. Like that was a gritty one where like really you knew those teams were either of them are championship quality teams. You know, if they if they get in yeah. even I mean you can even throw the Kings in there that one year, but there's been a lot of big battles like that that sometimes it's just that they the way it works out and where they find themselves matched up, uh, the better battle happens in the in this in the semis, you know, the the test is Probably not going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals for the Bucks. You know who I got a lot of respect for, though? I always liked liked Chris Middleton, but I gained a lot of respect for Chris Middleton in the last couple of games because that guy was pulling up. Like, he was doing he, – he plays D. He, Chris Middleton is really solid. And there was a, that was a guy uh, for the Bucks this last year that people when, – when Giannis was coming back, that people were like, well, can he really be the – a number two, and, and you know, I, I get what people are saying, but yeah, I had a lot of respect for him in that series. That's why we talked about this on the podcast before, before the before the postseason. And that's one thing I said is of all the teams that could stop the Nets. Now, Grant, they got hurt, so there's that factor. But even so, no, ex- no uh, excuses, no excuses. Yeah, you're that. They're still loaded. Um, but that was why I kind of liked I liked the Bucks as the only team to match up just because of like you said, Holiday defensive guy, Milton long defensive guy, Giannis defensive guy. Brooke Lopez had a big block, you know, just oh that was well, that yeah that on that yeah. Paul George from the weak side, dude. That was yeah. hey. that was a game changer. Yeah, he's hella yeah. big, dude. He's hell every time. Like I, I forget how big he is, and then like he comes out and he'll like pull from hella deep, and his release points hella high. It's always just like I'm always sitting there. I'm like, damn, you know, at least three times a game. Like, damn, Brooke Lopez is hella big shooting threes out there, dude. That you talk about a guy re- reinventing himself. If you guys don't remember. Like 2010, Brooke Lopez was 20 and 20 and 10 guy in uh, for the New Jersey Nets, dude. He was a legit uh, low post scorer back in the day, and he might have been the best low post low post scorer 10 years ago in in the NBA. And for him to totally reinvent himself now, and he's in Milwaukee pulling up from hella deep, dude. That's hell impressive, man. Uh, Brooke Lopez is one of my favorite college players of all time. Like when he was on, when he was playing, I would say, you know, what's thing is, is like college basketball over the years. Um, you know, I'm not, I haven't really been dedicated to one team, just the way that I, I don't really like the, you know, the one and done thing. It's hard to get behind teams. Uh, we know we're Texas Longhorns fans, but when it comes to basketball, you know, I, I, my loyalties aren't as strong. So I just kind of pull for talent. But my two favorite college basketball players of all time, dude, are Stanford guys. Like, because my, because my, Josh Childress is, Josh you know, Childress, I know you're yeah. a Rashad McCants guy, but Josh Rashad Childress McCants, yeah. for the youngins back in the 2000s, like maybe like, I don't know, what's that, right? I know five, oh, maybe three. six. It, would not, that long? it was, it was, it was the 2004 when Stanford was the one seed and I was at the Sweet 16 they lost. Remember, Stanford was hella good that your Josh Childress was tearing it up, but I want to say they lost in Sweet 16 in 2004. Um, but yeah, Josh Childress was hella nasty, bro, with the fro. Josh Childress was so sick. So I was a big Josh Childress fan, Stanford, and then uh, Brooke Lopez at Stanford. And I liked, you know, I was a Tim Duncan fan. I've always liked Tim Duncan. I like the the fundamentals, the just the types of shots he put up, the defense. And Brooke Lopez, that was kind of like, oh, he's kind of like a Tim Duncan when he was in college, you know, him and his brother. That that was a that was a cool time. But yeah, it, the way the the Bucks are built with the depth and everything, it just you know it kind of ties in what we said with the Kings even this year is that a lot of the good teams that are are kind of sustaining play, they have the depth, uh, and it doesn't. It's not always just the talent off the top. I mean, this year especially. Because if you look at the teams that remain, it's, I mean, it's the Hawks, it's the Suns, you know, it's the Bucks, and it, even even the, la- even the last, even the last round, the, 
the Nuggets and the Jazz and all these teams that were really deep and um you know it really does it really does go uh, a long way. Um I wanted to talk a little bit about the these two series cuz there's there's a lot of Kings ties to the Hawks, the Bucks, the Sixers. Not tie not as much ties as like I mean there are some players but I mean ties in that uh a lot of players on these on those rosters Ryan have been tied to Kings uh fantasy player trade rumor mill you know what i mean like that that's all these names that all these kings fans uh, you know dante DiVincenzo. obviously that one was pro was real and almost came to fruition uh tobias harris that was one oh my god how much how many times over the last year and a half have you heard the kings need to go get an overpaid tobias harris um and i wanted to bring one up because i'll let you talk about the others uh Matisse Thibel, dude. Oh, Matisse Thibel. How much uh, everybody needs to trade Buddy Hill for Matisse Thibel. Now, Matisse Thibel, did he get second team all defense? I think he did. But that's whatever. That's Bobby. You know what? He averaged 3.9 points this year. <laughs> 3.9 points in the playoffs just in these games. Dude, this guy's putting up nothing. Unbelievable. That and, then, and then he had that and then he had that huge foul at the end, dude, where he hit hurt her on the head in like the final minutes and he hurt her sunk all three free throws. Uh, the, sorry to cut in, dude, but I just I got to jump in this real quick, dude. He, the guy played 21 minutes tonight. He played 21 fucking minutes. OK, George Hill played more minutes than Matias Thibel tonight, dude. So um, just get the fuck out of here. I fucking I can't stand that. The fact that that guy made an all NBA team and he plays like 19 minutes a night is fucking ridiculous. All right. The all NBA teams. I lost a lot of respect this year for that because L.A. had the number one defensive team in the league and didn't have one player on the all defensive teams. OK, you talk. That's ridiculous. All right. The fact that uh, Matias Thibel. God, I, I saw that and I was like, oh, Kings fans are going to lose their shit, dude. They just love them some Matias Thibel, all four points a game, dude. Well, I tweeted I tweeted this out. Now, I'm going to talk about I have I do want to talk about Twitter here in a bit because I actually have a whole thing on Twitter. But I, I don't go on Twitter as much, but I went on Twitter about two weeks ago. I put uh, this was 6821. Um, so this is this is a couple weeks ago. Uh, Matias Thibel, um, Kings fans' favorite player wanted to trade Buddy for him, doing absolutely shit in the playoffs. That was three weeks ago, still not scoring. Um, our guy Tanvir, who Tanvir listens to the show, he's always interacting, so it's not shitting on you, Tanvir. It's just he replied to me and he said, "Still one of my favorite guys out there. He's the only one that can stay in front of Fox." And this is the the misconceptions, you know, know what I mean, that I people know, know. and 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 so I. I said he can only want to see him for the fuck. So I, I did a quick Google search. If you guys have ever heard of Google search or DuckDuckGo, if you're into that, or Google, you know, whatever, whatever you use to search. Um, I, I did that really quickly, like within a matter of minutes, and I brought up a, a thing, and it says uh, uh, Deer and Fox had dropped 34 in the matchup against him. And you know what's hilarious is in the in the this is a Sixers Wire dot usa today dot com sixers impressed by matisse thibel's defense against De'Aaron fox he dropped 34 he dropped 34 it's like the time that andre iguodala won the mvp for shutting down lebron james when he averaged like a triple double or some shit it's just crazy the perception you know and, and then but i like to revisit these takes as time passes ryan when people like to float these rumors in fantasy land off season in the fucking july you know matisse thibel will be great and then you like to revisit him like yeah but mm, was he though you know was that take good you know it's you know Matthias Thibel there's a role for a guy like Matthias Thibel uh in the NBA and that's on a very good team you know like you put him next to like if you put him on the Warriors and it was him Clay and Steph 
Like, that's a good move because he don't have to do anything on offense, okay? He can just go guard the best player in defense. You know, we got the rest, right? But the fact that you want Matias Theibel on Sacramento, okay, what the fuck is he going to do next to De'Aaron Fox? He can't fucking shoot. He can't score. He can't create on his own. What is he going to do besides clog the lane and have people sag off on him? Like, well, what I'll the, say, what the fuck? I'll say this. I'll say this. This is. Like, I don't want to get misconstrued here. I would take Matisse Thibel on the yes, Kings. Yes. But yes. as a bench player, as a bench player, everybody needs a Matisse Thibel. You know he. He. You know who he is. He's. He's a. Uh, there's been so many guys in NBA history like this, right? Andre Roberson is a Matisse Thibel. Solid. Solid. Yeah. Yeah. Thabo Cephalosha was yeah. a Matisse Thibel who yeah. learned to shoot spot up. That's you know that's who it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's been guys. There's been guys like that in Rajah Bell. Rajah Bell is probably better, but you know there's always yeah. been. Raja, yeah, Rajah Bell's better. You could always use a, a Matisse Thibel. But do I want to trade Buddy Heald and build my team around Matisse Thibel? No. Well, not unless I want to keep picking top five. But you know what, dude? A lot of people out there in Kingsland want to keep picking five, top five, though, so they can do their mock drafts. But, you know, <laughs> so they can keep doing their mock drafts. That is hell true, dude. <laughs> it's like every, all right, every, time I log, every time I log on to Kingsland, people are just talking about, is this guy a good fit? Is this guy a good fit? Like TTP, oh bro. TTP, oh you don't God, have to think about dude, it anymore. Like, I'm sorry, dude. I don't give a fuck, right? I don't I don't care about anybody who's projected to go 12 in the NBA draft to Sacramento Kings, okay? I don't care. I'd rather trade the pick, all right? That's just – we'll get into that later, I'm sure, once it gets closer. But actually, isn't the lottery like next week? Two days, I think. Okay, it's this week, okay? See, shows how much I know. I don't give a fuck about the lottery, dude. If Sacramento – what do they have like a 9.7% chance of like getting like top three or some stupid, or maybe it's 20%. Anyways, it's very low. It's not going to happen. Um, Don't know. You I, never say never, dude. The Cavs did it two times. Now they had Dan Gilbert's, Dan, they had Dan Gilbert's kid who was like a make a wish kid up there. Remember that? He, yes. he I just remember yes. that. They he won it twice. Yeah. So it was never fixed. say never. Say never. Fixed. <laughs> they, they, they're not gonna do they're not gonna let the number one pick come to sacramento come on dude the nba is smarter than that nba is way smarter than that dude you don't want Cade cunningham playing basketball in sacramento the hell is he gonna do here come on but yeah i i, I don't know we'll talk about the draft when it comes yeah I'm sure but I'm, it, I'm you're you're you are right though um because it's 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 the cycle you know we talk everyone says we're stuck in this uh kingsland is stuck in this what do you call the they, they've been using this certain term uh, this like purgatory, you know, place, right? This I consistent, yeah. yeah, whatever I'm trying to say, you know, what I'm talking about out there. Um, and it, it's funny because the the fan mindset and the local bloggy types, their mindset's stuck in there too, where all they know is the draft, and and and, and they just have based their um, they've based their like entire like ev- their takes and everything just around the draft, dude. It's just hilarious scouting guys, you know. Um, is this guy the best three-point shooter? Is this guy a future defensive player? Who there? cares? Well, how do you know that? You know, I don't, I don't know how you can know that. You he's know? playing, dude. He's playing against guys that I that I play against in adult league, bro. Seriously, you. I play in all right. So I play in a bunch of adult leagues. Well, before COVID and stuff. So I come out here and I ball in all these adult leagues around around town over here, right? A couple different couple different cities over here, right? College dudes roll up all the time. These college dudes roll up all the time. Dudes are throwing down from, you know, just throwing down hella hard in these adult league games. That's who these guys are playing against, bro. Who's Who the fuck is getting drafted from, like, TCU, right? To get, for example, Cade Cunningham plays in the Big 12, right? 
who the fuck's getting drafted on all those teams? Not many guys, man. Maybe maybe two, if that, in the whole, con- you know, three in the conference. Like, they're not playing against legit NBA talent. That's why, you know, the, you have your top prospects, and there's there's talent, obviously, in college. There has to be. But I don't look too much into it because the talent level that they're playing against, it's like, dude, get the fuck out of here, bro. You're playing a bunch of, you're playing a, against a bunch of guys who are going to be in adult league next year you know, playing against some middle-aged dudes on Sunday and then going to their accounting jobs on Monday, bro. So I, that's why I, I don't put, you know, too much stock into trying to evaluate guys in, in college, dude. It's, it's unless you're a top prospect, obviously, but it's, I, I just, dude, I can't stand this time of the year, dude. That's why, honestly, I haven't looked at my Kingsland, my Kingsland Facebook page. I kind of turned it off the last three days because every time I was going on, people are talking about Evan Mobley, you know, uh, Jalen Suggs, Kate coming. I'm like, bro, who cares? We're not getting any of that, you know? Well, and it's funny, too, because last year they did the same thing. And they just ain't every year, really. But last year was the same thing. And it was all, it was them trying to get in. Um, Sadiq Bay. Well, it was all about the forwards last year. It was all about, it was yeah. all about the small forwards, you know? And it was all about Aaron A. Smith and Sadiq yeah. Bay and all these guys. And I remember you and I coming on here. It's like, dude, they're drafting 12 at that point. They're going to get like the, they would get the sixth. Uh, best forward ranked in the draft. And that's why you and I were like, if we're going to pick Cole Anthony, we were like, might as well get Cole Anthony. You know he's yep. going to be a good guard that can score. No, but the point I guess I was making here is that nobody was talking about Tyrese Halliburton at all last year. Now, for me, um, I, I didn't really, based on everything I saw, I didn't really think he'd make it out of like the top seven. You know, So it just goes to show that that you just never really know. And, and, and Tyrese Halliburton, all-NBA all NBA team guy, um, you know, all so. rookie, all rookie. Oh, so I'm sorry, all NBA rookie. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. That my bad. You gotta correct me though, because people will think that you like to hold us to the words. Um, something big in in not in Kingsland, Ryan, but in the NBA. But I want to talk about this because this just goes back to some things we've points we've made over the years. All right, and it's about money. I like talking. We like to talk about money in the NBA, and and uh, so Boston traded Kimba Walker to OKC. Well, everybody loves OKC because they have all these draft picks, which are, you got to do something with them. Okay. For one, what back in the day, Boston had a bunch of draft picks. All right. Everyone's had a lot of draft picks. Okay. Whoop de doo. But anyway, <clears throat> they trade Kemba Walker. Um, if you initially for Al Horford. So if you look at that on, on, on talent, you think, Oh no, that doesn't make sense. Guys, that goes to show right there that teams... It's something we've been saying on Kingscast since Kingscast episode numero uno, dude. It's that team... These GMs, they value cap space. That's that's as big of an asset as talent is because it allows flexibility. It allows you to make a move, sign a guy, do whatever. And that's literally what that trade was. It was literally a salary dump. They took back Orf- Horford, who is i think probably one year you know he had a, such a big contract he was already in the season. you know they're gonna play they need a center anyway they were having hell issues with that shit last year so if they can get something at him whatever if they fucking cut him if they trade him whatever but they just freed up a bunch of money kemba walker was owed like i don't, I don't know i don't know the numbers are for me but so much money over the next couple of years mm-hmm. so that's where that's where <clears throat> you know just remember this stuff when you talk when you're talking about the king's signing players and having players and Overpaying Rashawn Holmes for five more years for a hundred million billion dollars, like you guys want to just hand out money. Um, it's a it's a salary cap league, and if not, then look, you got to do shit like the Celtics did, where you give your first round pick away to dump a guy and take back a contract. You know. Well, you know, we've been talking about, like you said, since the very first episode, we've been talking about self awareness. Okay, and I saw some post 
Um, actually, I'm going to call out our boy KC on this. KC, you know, I saw his his reaction to uh, the Celtics stuff, and you know, he he was saying something about the Celtics being a championship roster. I don't want to quote him exactly. Anyways, this is where I was getting it from. This is where the thought process coming from, KC. Um, you know, people were talking about, well, why would they do that? I think OKC won it. And, you know, self-awareness. Brad Stevens moves from head coach into the front office. And Brad Stevens has the self-awareness to look at his roster and say, hmm, we are not a championship roster. We are not going to win the NBA finals with Kemba Walker on our team. We need financial flexibility. Okay. We need to get better because outside of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, that team is fucking horrible. Right. You take them dudes off that team. Sacramento could beat them. Okay. So that's where that was all coming from. I, I, I applaud Brad Stevens as his first move as a, as the GM, he goes and moves Kemba Walker, frees up the cap space, brings back Horford who Horford, you know, he'll keep him afloat at the center position for one more year, but this is going to allow them to make moves down the road and surround Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown with some bench players. It's huge. It is absolutely huge. And a lot of people are talking about Marcus Smart and all this stuff, right? Marcus Smart's going to be on expiring contract this year. He's not going to be back, you know, after this year, if they even keep him. I think they're going to move him. And I think Boston is going over the next few years, try to surround, like I said, those two guys with some, uh, with some bench players around them. Because, you know, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, are, are they're going to be legit. I, I want to say Jalen Brown averaged, what, 20, 25 a game? I think Jason Tatum was like at 27, but... Yeah, dude, a lot of people were just really like, why would Boston do this? I, I, you know, OKC won the trade. It's like, dude, Boston, that was huge, man. They're, Boston's playing for, you know, two years down the road instead of trying to uh, uh, piece together a championship that's never going to happen. Well, and that's just the point is that it's about the money. It's, you know, it, it's not always about the player for player thing. And, and a player can be really valuable on your team because they're underpaid, but the minute you overpay them, they become overpaid and then they're not valuable. I mean, when it comes to Rashawn Holmes, uh, you know, right now he's valuable because he doesn't really make a lot, but if he makes a lot, he's not valuable. And it's, it's, it's funny because people, I think people get that, but they get that when they want to get that because when it comes to buddy healed, then it's, they understand when it comes to Rashawn Holmes, no understand if when it comes to Harrison Barnes, they just look the other way. <laughs> but, you know, is is that weird? Is that, isn't that so weird how everybody says how bad of a contract Buddy is, but nobody talks about Harrison Barnes? Literally the same contract. Yeah, literally nobody talks about Harrison Barnes. Nobody. They they just everybody's just like it's all Buddy's the bad contract, and it's like, dude, the F- Harrison Barnes contract's worse. He's older. You know, it's like I I don't really understand. Um, the thought process on that, um, you know, Buddy plays every single game, you know, Harrison Barnes missed some time. I, I think it's because Harrison Barnes is like so well respected throughout the NBA. Um, I think he just won like some social justice award or something like that. And like he's like involved with like, I, I want to say he's involved with the players union and all this stuff. So he's, he's very well respected. Um but his contract fucking sucks, dude. It's just like Buddy Heald's. It's 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 really funny to me that everybody, like you said, just turns the other way and doesn't acknowledge that Harrison Barnes on a shit contract. Uh yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. It's just confusing. It's very it's very confusing. Um, I we haven't talked about coach stuff mostly because no real reason to. I mean, the Kings came out and said they're going to keep Luke Walton, but I wanted to say this, Ryan, uh, Rick Carlisle. 
stepped down, whatever that means. Um, he, ain't coming to, he ain't coming to sack. No, he ain't coming to sack. No, dude, it's, I'm not. I'm not starting rumors. I'm not saying that. But but like, I just wanted to put it out there. Like Ricardo, because we talked we talked way back about guys who we'd be okay with. Rick, I think Rick Carlisle is like a top five coach in the league. Yeah, I was going really to say, dude. he might be top three, dude. Yeah, he's a really good coach. So that, that would be one guy. But like, yeah, that'd be cool. But I think that guy goes to Portland. 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 Yeah, that's Portland. what I was going to say, too. Yeah, Portland. Yeah. yeah. Why not? I think Portland. I think Portland um, all right, let's let's just talk about it real quick. Actually, now that we're on the Portland train, I, I think they try to move CJ McCollum and something and try to go get bring Ben Simmons to Portland and team him up with, with Damian Lillard. That's my... And then Rick Carlisle comes in. If I'm Portland, that's the move you got to make. Um, I, I think that's a sleeper uh, team, though. A sleeper team. Okay, are the Timberwolves have solidified their coaching position right now? Are they coaching uh, search? Did, didn't they? They fired uh, Ryan uh, Saunders like midseason, right? Was that this year? Or was that yeah, last year? I, I think it was this year. So I, mean, I, you know, I don't know. I know I'm just throwing shit off the top of head. But that'd be a that'd be a that'd be a team that'd be a sleeper team. Rick Carlisle's dope, dude. He's a good coach. If you look at his track record, okay. Uh, so New, he, New Orleans, New Orleans, real quick before I forget, Stan Van Gundy just he just left. Uh, yeah, New, I think New I think New Orleans is, is I think New Orleans is gonna go out and try to get like a Chauncey Billups or something, try to do something weird and flashy. But if you look at if you look at Rick Carlisle's track record, obviously here in Dallas he wins. Uh, you know, he wins the championship with them. Really good teams. If you go back, uh, before that, the Pacers. Pacers. So he was, yeah. he was on those sick Pacers teams with Jermaine O'Neal and Jamal Tinsley and Ron Artest and Jeff Foster. <laughs> Fucking Jeff, Jeff Foster. Foster. Reggie Miller, old ass Reggie Miller. So he was, he coached those teams. Prior to that, he coached the Pistons, um, up until like, I think, 03, and then they fired 02. him and then they, O- yeah, and O2 they, and they brought in Larry Brown. Yeah, fired him for Larry Brown. So if you look at really good teams, he was he was on he coached for um really good track record, respected. So hey, funny, funny, funny story, dude. Do you remember we went to this was at Arco? We went to the game and we got there early and they were playing Dallas, remember? And we were trying to like talk to Michael Finley and shit. And yeah, um, he did say Michael Finley did say what's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but do you remember? Remember that guy was sitting front row on the court, and I think you were talking to him and you were like how'd you score these seats? Cause it, you know, usually like front row like that, whatever. And the guy was like best friends with Rick Carlisle. Remember that? He's like, Oh yeah, we're like high school best friends, dude. Like every time he comes out, he gets me seats. So that, that was like, that was really cool. But Rick Carlisle, dude, legit, man. So Super. you're talking about Arco arena. This is something I had down. Uh, our guy, Tony over in cap city posted a nice, a nice little uh, thing this week. It was like, because they they announced they're gonna demolish Arco Arena and turn it into some something I forget something for UC Davis or something, and so he he was kind of like putting out there you know favorite memories uh, at Arco Arena that you went there for right, and mm-hmm. so I thought maybe I'd bring it up to you and see what some of your favorites are. So um, you know I would say right there it was cool. I'll just talk about that experience since you talked about it. And we saw Bill Russell, which was really neat because I have a picture of us kind of like, you know, yeah. like the selfie picture. That might have been, uh, been the same game. It was the same game. Yeah. So we saw Bill Russell, which was really cool. NBA, like all time, all time legend. So that was tight. Um, you talked about in the last podcast, us being able to, I think us being able to see that Phoenix Suns team that we talked about and to see Shaq live just to be able to see him live play once is something I think we'll always look back and be like, yeah, I saw the motherfucker play. And then you talked about it. Steve Nash's warm up to that game was yeah, yeah. probably the most skilled things I've ever, I've ever seen. What what else is some of your f- favorite moments from Marco? Uh, so we went to that one game when I had come home, uh, me, you, and our other brother. Uh, and 
they had come up to us before the game. They're like, hey, you want to participate in halftime? And they asked us, hey, who wants to go shoot threes? It's like you shoot a three, shoot a free throw, make a layup, whatever. And uh, you were and you were like, yeah, Ryan will do it. Well, they came at halftime and got me. And some had have some the dancing went longer than expected. So they brought me down and I walked. There's probably like two minutes left in the half. They bring me down. They walk me baseline. Right. And um, I think they were playing Utah, if I remember correctly. But anyways, I watched the last two minutes of halftime, dude, sitting literally on the floor right by the basket. Like it was awesome. And then time ended up running out. There wasn't enough time to do the, to do the challenge. Um, so they brought me back in the tunnel back where all the players went through um, all, all the Kings walked by, went to the locker room and then they hooked me up with that Rudy Gay uh, signed Jersey. If you remember that. And then I got to come back out and went to the, that was a cool. And then also um, I went to another Utah game, dude. I went to Utah back in the day when Darren Williams was on there with my buddy and uh, we, sh- we sat like four rows up, dude. And I just remember it was just super cool, dude. Just Darren Williams um, was, was really good. They, they smashed the Kings, but I remember that being a really good memory as well. A lot of good ones. I mean, we can probably be in all day. One of the coolest things I've ever done, which is really unique. I don't know if I ever talked about this on the podcast before, Ryan. Um, the time I got to shoot the half court shot at Arco. Yeah. Did I, have I talked about that on here? I don't know, but I, 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 you have an Instagram picture of it. I know. Of. Do I? Yeah. yeah. So that I did shoot the half court shot and, uh, tr- this is to the truth excuses for sure, but this is to the truth. So I was with my wife, uh, and we walked in and, you know, I'm, I'm wearing the, the gear and somebody comes up to me and he's like, Hey man, you want to shoot the half court shot? And I'm, and I'm like, uh, sure, bro. He's like, where are your seats? So I give him my stuff. And then he was like, we'll come grab you in like the second quarter. And so we go and, she, and my wife's like, is that real? I'm like, I, I don't know, man. The guy was maybe, I don't know, but we'll see. Right. So we just kind of go up and watch the game. Second quarter comes by, nobody comes. So I'm like, okay, it must've been, it must've just been bullshit then. Right at the end, you know, second quarter, I don't know, it was, it was years ago. Like right at the end of the second quarter, I guess they come grab me and they're like, Hey, we're running behind. We're going to bring you down at halftime now. So they, the same kind of thing you described, they sat me half court. The cool thing about that game though, it was the Miami heat game. Now it was right after LeBron had left. So Chris Bosch was still playing everybody's still playing, but it was LeBron less. So it's still pretty cool. Um, uh, ball bounced to me and handed it, handed it directly to Chris Bosch. So that was kind of tight, but, uh, mm-hmm. they, they ended up going way too long. And, um, I ended up not shooting the half court shot until like a couple minutes left in the third quarter. And, uh, so I ended up, you know, court side the whole time, but this is where I say excuses, but true story that day I had squat. I, I was doing a squat program and, uh, where I was squatting really frequently and I literally trained legs that day that day that afternoon so i get there and the, the, the legs were weak dude and i'm like yeah yeah i can do it i get out there you know i'm ready to go the cheerleaders they're doing their thing and the the, the weird thing about being on the court at arco is that it had that rolled in elevated court you know and you felt it when you're you don't realize it when you're watching games there but when you're standing on it it's elevated and you realize okay the depth perception is really fucked up here because the if you remember the the seats were really far back you know, and, and, and so you couldn't really gauge it. It was like this floating hoop in the middle of open space. And so I'm like, okay, this is tough to gauge. I, I better just fucking hit something because I don't want to suck. So I remember I, I squatted. I, I go. I do my little runny thing shit, you know. I drop my legs, and I, 
I, my legs were so sore. I couldn't, I couldn't bounce back up because I didn't, I've been squatting so much. So I get down and I come up and it was all upper body, single arm follow through. And I was just short, like on a line. I hit the net and I felt like shit. So that was, that was that. I could really could have used a car too. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. What was the prize? Yeah. So it was a Folsom Lake, Folsom Lake, whatever, uh, car. And, and again, no joke, no exaggeration for the pod. This is a true story. My transmission on my uh, Honda CRV blew the week before. So I was in the middle of car shopping and uh, it was just, it just sucked. So, you know, at least I trained legs. At least I trained legs, motherfuckers. You know what I mean? At least I did that. It's not skip leg day. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it, that's that's too bad. They're gonna tear down Arco, man. A lot, a lot of you know, a lot of good memories there. But um, yeah, man, that's just, that's just too bad, dude. I'll yeah. I'll never forget that Shack Day, dude. I'll you know, so that's probably you, number one memory then, dude. It had to be, dude, because I was shit. I was probably third. Uh, well, you had your license, so I had to be fourteen then. Where I had to be thirteen or fourteen, and you took me for my birthday, dude. That's why we went. And it was like a Tuesday night and tickets were like 12 bucks. And um, that's, you know, that's got to be, that's got to be my best memory, dude. We, you know, we literally like were two feet away from Shaq, dude. And it was, it was just cool stuff, man. That's, that's something I'll always remember. Tons of good ones. So that was a good post. Shout out to you, Tony. That was a way to get this nostalgic. Ryan, that's two episodes in a row. We've been talking about uh, back in the day fandoms. We brought up the Suns thing two times, but it was really notable because Shaq is fucking huge um you what's know, your hey, real quick thing? real quick okay because so when when tony had posted that the other day i didn't realize that i didn't read everything so i thought it was just like what's your favorite sacramento kings live moment and i want to share my favorite sacramento kings live moment dudes when we went to the portland it was a g1c i want to say it was the first year they opened and remember we went to portland and demarcus cousins dropped like 51 but remember he got tossed out of the game and he and came he, back, and then he came back, and yeah. the fucking place went nuts, dude. It, and yeah, the place it was, went fucking crazy, dude. We were hammered, and we were just going nuts, dude. That is my favorite all times in person Kings moment ever. Actually, I remember being that was probably one of the most hammered I've ever fucking been yes, for a game. Dude. On, yes. After that game, I I will I refuse to sit at the upper deck in at the Golden <laughs> One Center now because those things I was so we were so drunk. That those those things give you vertigo. You're up there way too high. Yes, dude, I remember dude. just spinning that whole game and feeling dude, like shit because we were so I'll tanked. Never, I'll just never forget, dude, just being hammered and just screaming my ass off because Demarcus Cousins came running back from the tunnel like some Rocky shit, dude. Like Rocky it was, got, it was Rocky got knocked out and stood back up, dude. It was like fuck. It was yeah. like that scene. It was like that scene in Wolf of Wall Street, man. I'm not fucking leaving. I'm, I'm, I'm not fucking leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. On. <laughs> damn that was, so, that's my that's my all-time favorite kings moment live dude damn so well dude it was good to be back on the pod sorry guys we took that one week off you know we actually went out to tahoe we were doing a couple things traveling you know just taking taking that week off to enjoy with our families we've been coming at you all consistently but we appreciate you all sticking it in so 
Um, if you guys ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find Ryan and I on Twitter and Facebook at KingsCastGarrett and at KingsCastRyan. And we are very active on our Facebook group, Kingsland. So join that and check that out. Um, like we said, Casey's posting some heat content on there. So it's been a fun place to be if you're a Kings fan. If you ever want to stay up to date with a podcast, you can find that anywhere at KingsCast. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. No kanks. Kanks. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.